Hey there, literary fans, and welcome to episode 42 of Jeff Reads His Book. I am your host, Jeff, and today we are reading chapter 20 of Offworlder, a book I wrote in a month. Well, if you want to contact me, you can head on over to jeffreadshisbook.com, and there's three ways to contact me on there. Email, Twitter, Mastodon. Yeah, hit me up. I want to hear if you're listening. And while you're there, maybe you could buy a book like Glenn did. I think his rave review of being very upset that he purchased it is reason enough to buy it, don't you? (laughs) You know what? If you're going to buy one, Bringing Balance is also available there. Way better book. Way better. Because this one is a stinkeroo, and this chapter is going to be no exception today. So... We actually don't have any feedback today, and that's mostly because, you know, uh, the last episode was a live, what do you want, well, live, they're all live, I guess. We had live guests, so we actually discussed the feedback questions, and uh, I didn't get any uh, answers from anyone else, including the lovely Laura, which is kind of a bummer for me, you know, I want to hear her uh, takes, her hot takes on our terrible feedback questions, but it's okay, it's okay. I think that that episode with Justin and Glenn, thank you again for doing that, guys. Phenomenal episode. I couldn't stop laughing at it. I enjoyed listening to it again. Um, It really accentuated how embarrassing this book is, especially to the author. And I think that's important to point out when we're talking about a book written in a month, just how bad it can be, especially when it's a book like this and it doesn't have a plot. (laughs) And there's no plot here. Let's be honest. So, uh, you know what? It is November still, and we are, what, maybe the last week of November? How many days? Yeah, 30 days. So there's 30 days. So you got four days left to finish your National Novel Writing Month books. And this is like crunch time. You people must be feeling it. So you should have, what, like 6,000 words or so left to write, you know, if you're keeping the pace. And for all the Americans out there, it's especially bad because it is Thanksgiving this week. So if you are trying to write a book, ouch. You know what? You have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. you got to go hard these days. And for God's sakes, don't host Thanksgiving. If you can get out of it the week of, do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But if you do, if you are doing National Novel Writing Month and finishing up, I'm sure you don't have the time to. But try to write in. I'd love to hear how those books are going and what your stories are about. And if you prepared, because I obviously didn't. Although, I keep saying I obviously didn't prepare when I wrote these books, but that's not fair. I might just be a terrible author. Well, I mean, that seems likely. (laughs) Like, even if I had prepared, this book, quite frankly, would have still sucked. I don't know. So... I've never actually prepared to write a book, so I don't know. I'd say Bring Balance had a little more preparation because I had some ideas about it. This one, well, I guess I had ideas about it, but not a plot. I mean, there's no plot to it. It stinks. What are you going to do? All right. So, I mean, that lead-in should get you really excited for Chapter 20. So, Chapter 20, it comes in at five whopping pages, 
And uh, actually, I was thinking of having Laura read this with me, but there's no, like, drinking breaks in this chapter, I don't think. Yeah, and it's not a good chapter. I mean, it is super dull. Uh, okay, so my notes say magic and not interesting for this chapter. <laughs> and it is not interesting. I mean, I guess if you're into uh, the interior decoration of barns, then yeah, this might be your chapter. Especially as it pertains to magic. I don't know. This is... Uh, this chapter probably could have been left out. A lot of... I'd say this whole chapter is filler. And not good filler. I don't know. I'm already upset about it. I'm kind of like bummed this is a chapter. But I, we gotta read it. It's part of the book. I think, um... After we get through 20... What do we have? How many chapters are in this book? I know I ask this basically every time we read a chapter. Uh, let me see. Oh, there's 24 chapters. Okay. 24 chapters. So after today, there'll be three more episodes. Wow. That means we won't get to episode 50. That's kind of a bummer, huh? In what, three more weeks? I won't even cross the new year with episodes. That's a bummer. Oh, well. I mean, I'll live with it. So I still got to get Laura on if I can. We got to find a good time. But of course, Thanksgiving is kind of screwing things up. Last time we did this, it was on a Saturday night, Laura and I, because that way we could both, you know, rant and rave and have plenty to drink to make the episode interesting and not have to worry about doing something in the morning that was of any substance. So, okay, anyway, well, why don't we uh, start talking about Chapter 20? I mean, okay, yeah, I guess I said magic and not interesting. So, uh, and I think that teaser about interior decoration, yeah, that's probably sold it for most of you. So I guess without further ado, let's dive in to chapter 20. So for today's chapter, I'm actually having a delicious glass of Jim Beam on the rocks. And actually, it's quite the home pour because I didn't realize there was that much left in the bottle. Yeah. I've been working on this Jim Beam glass or this Jim Beam bottle for a while, so... I feel good about that. I didn't just rush through it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Makes me feel like I'm not an alcoholic, which is arguable. But uh, it's very tasty. And uh, it's a nice treat because it's actually Tuesday when I'm recording this. I didn't get a chance on Sunday because I actually went to play games with Justin as featured on episode 41, I guess, right? Um... I actually went to, uh, to play games with Justin and a couple other friends, and we uh, played the game Dune, the board game Dune. Pretty epic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, there was a point where I could win. I was House Harkonnen, and I could ally with the Atreides, and we could win the game pretty quick. And I was, like, really kind of against it as House Harkonnen, not because I'd win, or it was because I'm like, this goes against the lore of Dune. Has anybody out there read Dune? I don't know. If you have, write in at jeffreadsbook.com. So, uh, uh, what the fuck story was I getting at? Oh, so that's why we're doing this on a Tuesday, and that's why I'm drinking whiskey at lunchtime. Oh, baby. Mm. It's a good whiskey, too. But uh, I actually have... I got lucky this week. Uh, there was some Buffalo Trace for sale at the liquor store. I bought two bottles of it because it's so freaking impossible to get in Ohio. Totally worth it. It's amazing. But uh, 
I decided not to do it for the podcast. I like to sip that one. And um, I thought for a lunchtime podcast, let's just do the Jim Beam. A little bit easier to get. Let's just do that one. So, But if I want some more, I mean, this is it for the Jim Beam, I think. So I might have to switch to, well, I guess it is noon. Once the podcast is over, I'm done. <laughs> ah, well, whatever, whatever. Okay. All right, all right. Let's just start reading this because this is going to be really sad. All right. Oof. Henry and Margot hurried... What the hell? Okay, I'm already confused. Sorry, sorry. Let me backtrack and just actually read it. Okay. Henry and Margot hurried into the barn to find a somewhat secluded corner to claim as their own. Henry worried that Margot might be the only woman... But, watching people head towards the whitewashed barn, he counted four total amongst the 15 or so mages that had arrived. Uh, I think we all learned from uh, Dude Where's My Car that, uh, what does he say? Is that a barn? And uh, the one goes, well, is it red? And he says, no. And the other guy goes, then it's not a barn. So, (laughs) all barns are red, according to Dude Where's My Car. Yes. And, I mean... That movie is basically how I live my life. Well, that's an exaggeration because I'm not. Are they potheads in that? It's never. I mean, I think it's implied, but maybe they're just dummies. Good stuff. All right, and it's got Gia from Full House. <laughs> okay. Um, do, 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 do. When Henry got to the doors of the barn. Okay, so what I was confused about is I didn't think they hurried into the barn. Because I didn't think they got into the barn in this section. And sure enough, I guess they didn't. When Henry... But I mean, that first opening line of the par- the chapter makes it sound like they got to the barn. So they got in the barn. But it says, when Henry got to the doors of the barn, he could smell the strong odors of hay and horses wafting out. The smells were strong enough to him, a quote, city boy in a manner of speaking. Did we really need in a manner of speaking? that he wasn't sure he could spend five minutes inside, let alone sleep the night. However, he did note that everyone else had basically stopped at the doors as well. It stinks, he said to the man standing near him. Yep, but they'll fix it, he said. Okay. Henry waited with Margot at his side, along with all the others at the entrance to the barn. Finally, a man carrying a small but apparently heavy wooden crate walked up to the doors. Uh, I did warn that Glenn was going to hate this chapter, and here we go. The small crowd made way for him, and he entered the barn alone. Henry was able to peer in and see him walk to the center of the barn. I feel like barn is in every fucking sentence. God damn! Place the box on the ground, wave his hand across the top, and jog back to the entrance. He shut the door behind himself and counted down from ten. Looking at the other faces standing around, he realized that he and Margot were probably the only ones who didn't know what was happening. Impromptu drinking break. Mm. Wasn't a real drinking break, but I hate this chapter, so. A second after the man said one. A brilliant light glowed through the slats of the barn for another five seconds and then disappeared. 
The man now pulled the door open again to reveal a completely different interior. Rather than a giant empty barn, Henry saw a small common room, complete with a sofa, hallways leading in three directions into what was the barn and doorways off all the hallways. Oh, boy. So what effectively happened here was it was like some sort of, I don't know, what, magic box that turns barns into dormitories? Oh, this is so bad. I'm so, oh, so bad. <laughs> you know what would have been easy? They just had friggin' tents. Why did I write it this way? I hate this. Okay. <laughs> he looked at Margot next to him, his mouth open in surprise, because we all know Henry never understands magic. Ugh. Um, but Margot's usual cool look of indifference was all he found. She looked back at him and said, Let's try to grab two adjacent rooms. Ugh. All right. Entering the sparse but now pleasant living quarters. Okay, maybe that should be a discussion question. I'll hold my tongue. Um, Entering the sparse but now pleasant living quarters. You know, if they had just used tents, it could have been like Harry Potter again, you know, where inside the tents it was all nice when they went to see the Quidditch, like, International World Cup Final or whatever the hell it was. Or when I think they were hiding after, what, the last book, the... Not the, is it the Deathly Hallows? What's the last book? Eh, I don't remember. But, um, yeah, remember they had a tent. and the, the tents in Harry Potter are always nice inside. Why couldn't I have just written it like that? Did I think I was stealing? Whatever. Jesus. Entering the sparse. I'm just, I'm just exhausted with this book. <laughs> okay. Sorry, sorry. Entering the sparse but now pleasant living quarters, Henry pulled Margot down the left hallway nearest the entrance. He had seen most people head straight back to the more plentiful rooms down the long hall. The little hall made a sharp right turn, and they found three doors. Henry opened the first two and found what he had hoped, two adjacent bedrooms. They were minute, containing only a bed and a tiny table, and even these seemed to be squeezed in tightly. However, having thought only a few moments ago he would be sleeping in hay smelling of horse manure, these arrangements sounded seemed delightful. Good? he asked Margot. She nodded and entered the farther down of the two. Wow, that's... The second room would have sufficed, but I needed words, apparently. <laughs> You know, at this point, chapter 20 might be like, what do I want to say? We might be like synced up with where you should be writing your nano novel right now, your National Novel Writing Month novel. I might be at like, I need 8,000 words left or so. Uh, After throwing his belongings on the bed, he went back inside Margot's room. I mean, he hadn't been in there yet, so I don't know why he went back inside. Where she had dropped some clothes on the bed and placed some smaller items on the table. So it looks lived in, Margot explained, seeing Henry. He nodded after realizing that, even though she didn't have a bag, she carried all that she needed in her closet. Right? Her magic closet. Closets in quotes. Get it? Ugh. You know, I don't think that this actually appeared in any of the chapter that Justin was there for. And having not read any of the books before that, he didn't get to taste this detail of Margot, you know? Her little hidden closet thing. 
All right, making their way back to the hall, Margot turned and touched her finger to an empty nameplate on the door. The words Lafleur materialized on the door. How did you? Henry started to ask, because he's a dumb piece of crap. Margot grabbed his right hand and raised it to the nameplate. Just touch it with your index finger, she instructed. Touching it caused McCallum to appear. Henry watched with wonder, ugh, did he, and turned to Margot, who had not actually released his hand yet. She was staring at him. What, he said. Nothing, she said, releasing his hand. Then she continued, you've never seen this before? I think we can all agree Henry hasn't. Ugh, he's so dumb. Henry shook his head. Margot, head. Margot smiled at him. It's fun watching you discover things. Ah, it's cute. Outside the barn, Henry and Margot helped set up a meeting area by quickly assembling some benches and setting up a fire pit with some other mages. Everyone seemed to be friendly and in reasonably high spirits, which helped Henry feel more comfortable. Much of the avoidance he was starting to notice at the temple didn't seem to carry over to an expedition miles and miles from their home. Well, why not? It did on the goddamn benches. <laughs> Remember, they wouldn't sit next to him? <sighs> Within 20 minutes of arriving, the living quarters for almost 20 men and women, an outdoor meeting space, and a supply tent had all been arranged and erected. Ten minutes later... Carlos stood from his bench at the now-burning fire centered in their meeting area and began their first meeting of the expedition. Yes, a meeting! <laughs> yeah, that's the hallmark of this book, meetings. Oh, my God. Carlos started. If everyone is settled, I can go over plans for tomorrow. First, tonight's watch assignment is carry, Okay. We could actually check that, because I think he assigned watches on the cart. <laughs> Tomorrow night is McCallum, and Thursday is Hong. <laughs> Please plan or plan your day accordingly. Oh, wow. So that means we have someone who is of Asian descent, I'm guessing, is what the author was implying by that guy named Hong. Or girl. We already said there were like five girls on this expedition. So Tomorrow, we plan on sending a team of four into the village, Carlos continued. All we're looking for is any general evidence as to what might have happened. We have Roy here to give us some pointers. <laughs> He's from the earlier expeditions. Shouldn't it just be expedition? I don't know. Who cares? A tall, pale man stood, and Henry noted that he did not look healthy. Rather, he looked like he hadn't eaten or slept in days. It took Henry a few moments to realize that he actually remembered the man from the temple when he looked far better. Wow, judgmental much? Jesus. Huh? They, may, they might not have shower facilities here, right? Ugh. Yes, thank you, he said. We've lost quite a few people, so I should go over what you're looking for and what to look out for. First, you should be outside the village by no later than noon. We've lost more of our people in the afternoon. We've lost most of our people in the afternoon. Most of your people, someone interrupted? Yes, most, but not all. Ah, this is bad, he said morosely. Yes, most, but not all, he said morosely. 
Second, look for signs that people disappeared instantly. Things just lying on the floor and such. Is that morose? I think it was pretty morose. We noticed this during our investigations. Third, be careful. We still have no idea what's happening. I think that was pretty morose. All right. Henry looked around the circle. The silence was uncomfortable. I'm going to take a drinking break because Henry's about to say something, I bet. So I really don't like Henry. He's pissing me off this book. <laughs> uh, the silence was uncomfortable and everyone felt it. Henry turned to look at Margot, who seemed unaffected. Oh, it's unaffected? Is that right? Or should it be effected? Yeah. Are you scared? Henry whispered. Are you scared? A little, Margot responded quietly. But I think they're missing something. I'll bet you nobody goes missing at the other villages anymore. At the other village anymore. Why do you say that? Henry asked. If people keep going missing sometimes... If people keep going missing sometimes, I don't like that. I think someone is doing this, she explained. Or something, I suppose. Whoever it is, they probably felt the pressure in the other village and moved here. They might not even be here now if they've seen us arrive. Or maybe they're hoping for some fresh meat, Henry said, pointing at himself. Margot looked at him thoughtfully. I think you're right. Why? Why do you think he's right? They've probably become far too cautious at the other village, making things hard. What does that mean? Uh, I don't know what that means. What? What? Maybe they're hoping for some fresh meat. I think you're right. They've probably become far too cautious at the other village. I, uh, all right. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Uh, brrr, making things hard. All right. Tomorrow, we're sending out four patrols. Two mages... God damn it. Tomorrow, we're sending out four patrols, two mages each. Literally, we just said uh, four people were going in, right? Uh, okay, let's backtrack. Page 157. Uh, 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 uh. Tomorrow, we plan on sending a team of four into the village. Okay. All right, all right. That's what he said. Now, what does it say here? Tomorrow we're sending out four patrols, two mages each. Oh, oh, oh. So maybe they're not going in the village. They're just looking around the outskirts? I guess. Okay. Two mages each, Carlos denounced. Easton and Zabrinsky, Foligno and McLeod, Nasib and Thinney, and McCallum and Zur. Remember to stay together. Wow. That is some good, I guess, last names. Oh, excuse me, Margot said, suddenly said. I'll be going with McCallum instead. A few mages snickered at her. Carlos looked down at a paper he held. Running his finger down, his face changed to confusion. Miss Lafleur, she reminded him. Carlos looked up at her, shrugged, and said, Fine, McCallum and Lafleur. Smooth, Henry said as she sat back down. Very subtle. She shrugged. I don't think Carlos really knows what he's doing. I'm not sure anyone does. He assigned you lookout after you're out patrolling for the day. 
Henry did find this decision odd. He took a moment to look at the other faces around the fire. It occurred to him that nobody here was considered exceptional by any means. He knew many of them, and he was at least partly aware that they weren't the best at what they did. Henry whispered, I think they sent the B team. Seeing Margot's blank face, he continued, They sent only expendable people. Nobody here is considered great by any means. It dawned on him that he was here as well, and he smiled. I really pissed some people off. Margot replied, And I have a really bad feeling about this. Oh, and that ends chapter 20. So what did I tell you? That was a dull, dull chapter. Oh, oh. So I think this chapter was mostly filler. Like, basically, I spent five pages explaining how they got off a cart and were assigned what to do the next day. This could have been, like, summed up in... I don't know, maybe a paragraph, this whole chapter. I guess you got to see the magic with the barn and its interior decorating. I, that actually, that part irritates me. Mostly because it's it's more hand-waving, right? Let's be honest. And, I don't know, it's such... What do I want to say? It's just dumb. <laughs> it's not wow, it just seems stupid. I don't know. I still say they could have used tents. You know, that would have made more sense. Maybe I just felt it was too close to Harry Potter and I needed a solution. Or they could just live in the fucking farmhouse next to the goddamn barn. (laughs) I mean, there's not that many of them. And they did bring a tent for their supplies. That was the irritating part. So they could have a magic tent you could live in and then keep all the shit in the barn. But instead we have this, like, abstract, hand-wavy, like, now the barn's nice kind of thing with rooms and hallways how does that work I don't know not my favorite at all and I know Glenn is probably like what the hell is this guy writing because yeah I warned him this chapter stinks too it's just nothing friggin happened in this chapter and that's why I'm so annoyed with it (laughs) and it's like inconsistent within itself with like they were going to send out patrols Four patrols of two people each, but one patrol of four people? I didn't understand that. Did I mean like they'd send patrols out around the town or into the town? I think it meant into the town. Nothing said it was, like, going to look at the outskirts, so... I don't know. In the... I don't know. The, The whole plot of this book is so weak, and this chapter is definitely not helping with it, so... Ugh. Ugh. I hate it. I hate it. I'm really annoyed. All right. I will say, I think the next few chapters are going to be a little better. Yeah, 21 should be okay once they get out of the goddamn barn. <laughs> but uh, other, I mean, 21 should be good. I think we're going to have a nice run here of chapters that don't suck nearly as much as that one, okay? We're getting away from some of the boredom and into some excitement and some character building and not like... If anybody calls this character building, and I don't know how you could, because it didn't. All it did was show you that Henry's a freaking dumbass. (laughs) So, all right, let's just jump into discussion questions. I don't even want to talk about this chapter. It stunk so bad. Okay. All right. Question one. Could you sleep in a barn? Or, alternatively, 
have you slept in a barn? So I'm pretty sure that I could not. I don't know. I'm like you think, well, you just sleep it in hay. You know, I've jumped in piles of leaves and crap like that. But you have to think like, eh, it's a good chance they got rats in the barn, especially if the farmer hasn't been there in a while. Uh, snakes? Snakes, maybe? I don't know. I'm not into... And then just the smells. Like if it was an actual barn where they'd kept animals... I'm not so much into horses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not even good at like camping. So yeah, in a barn too, that's not going to work for me. Personally, not going to work for me. I think I've explained pretty clearly that I am a suburban white boy. And uh, yeah, yeah. When the apocalypse comes, unlike Glenn, who's a doomsday prepper, I'm just going to be dead within a day. So, yeah, I, I've got nothing going on here. <laughs> so, yeah, write in if you could sleep in a barn. I think that's a good discussion question. All right, all right. Question two, we're going to stay on this theme of barns. <laughs> so when this magic thing created all these hallways and dorm rooms, what happened to everything that was in the barn? <laughs> so, okay, Worse than that, you know, it, it, it's implied it smells like horses and hay and like, uh, you know, they kept animals in here, let's assume. Were there animals in here when they blew up this box and made it into living quarters? Did they just get like smushed into the walls? What happened to everything? You'd think there'd be like tools or like stalls for the animals and stuff like that. Are they just gone now? What happened to everything in the freaking barn? And how does this magic even work? Does it just fill everything? I Oh, God. Talk about just poor writing, terrible descriptions, and just a bad idea in general. Just, ah, it's so stupid. I'm so mad. Maybe each of the bedrooms was a stall in the barn for an animal. Now, that doesn't help with, like, what happened to all the fucking manure that was in the damn barn. Where did that go when they did this? And how is it, I guess this magic has like stink-proof smells to it. I, You know what? Does it like smell like bleach after they do this? Probably. I kind of pictured it as being like an obnoxiously all-white kind of space-agey look for some reason. Just mostly because it was in a box and was magical. So, ah, I don't know. What happened to everything in the barn? Yeah, write in and tell me. Did it get magically disappeared? Uh... Did like, so they're only on one side of it. Did it all get squeezed out the back of the barn? The whole wall's missing now? That could be. I don't know. It's very stupid though. I'll give you that. Nobody cleared out the barn first unless they did it before they arrived. But that still doesn't answer the question with like stalls for animals and stuff. Uh, you know what? I My guess would it be that it like ruined the barn. Like all the animal stalls and the hay and stuff got like shoved to the side. And they're all broken and destroyed. Because these guys... These wizards, I get the idea that they're not really concerned about, like, personal property damage when they do their work. They don't seem to be. They don't care. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think I was a little too much hand-waving going on at how this magic worked and turned a barn into somewhere nice to live. Yeah, that should have been explained better. Or, you know, alternatively, the whole idea was stupid, which is also true. I think so. Yeah. All right. Third question. All right. Henry is, what, last chapter he was amazed that Margot couldn't be seen on a cart? Wow. I mean, I don't know what he thinks she does normally as an illusionist or a stealth mage or whatever. 
And now he can't believe that his name can appear on a nameplate or this stupid barn uh, magic works. Like, okay, so question three. What the hell's wrong with Henry? All right, and I mean this because, like, he okay, he's a warrior mage, right? He is an off-worlder. But let's face it. You know, we have to assume that before he got a job, he obviously had some sort of vocational training in the, you know, warrior mage arts, right? So he went to school for magic or something like that. Maybe Hogwarts. Probably not, though, because he seems like a dummy. So you would think that he'd be used to magic, and he can't even get over the fact that his name appeared on a nameplate? Come on. Come on. What is wrong with this guy? Did he not go to school? Is this... Just all innate talent. They just hired him on a whim. Like, well, this guy seems like he's got a lot of magic. Maybe, you know, maybe it's like Anakin Skywalker kind of situation, right? Where they just were like, oh, this kid's got a lot of freaking the force in him. A lot of midichlorians or whatever the crap they decided to ruin that legend with. Anyway, did they just do that? And uh, this job has like on the job training. I, You know, I always get the vibe that no. No, no, no. He went to, like, magic school. But he's just... Oh, he's so stupid. I, I, That's what I'm thinking. He's just a dummy. I don't know. He's always amazed at the dumbest magic, which is very, very frustrating. Oh, what is wrong with him? Right in with what's wrong with Henry, huh? God damn. That's like, you know... What do I want to say? Uh, like, if somebody has, like... I don't know. The first time I saw somebody Bluetooth connect their phone in their car, I probably thought it was neat, but I didn't stand there with my mouth hanging open. Because you know what? I've been in a car and I've seen a phone before. So it wasn't that shocking. But Henry, he's seen magic before, but that nameplate really blew him away. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. He's just so stupid. (laughs) I don't know. All right, I, I all I can say to my listeners, however few may be left and hanging in there, is that next chapter is going to be slightly better because there'll be some, like, excitement, but not a lot. Oh, just a little bit. Ugh. I wish there was more excitement, but there's not. I feel like the other book I wrote, the most recent book from this series, The Sandhill Mages, um... I feel like that one has a lot more excitement. It's a lot closer to like a bringing balance. Don't get me wrong. Weak plot, just like bringing balance. But stuff happens in it. But this book, nothing happens in it. It's just like Henry and Margot kind of have a work romance. And then they go on a road trip that's very poorly explained. That's all that's happened in this book. But the, the other ones, they're a little better. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking with this book. It's just crap. Yeah. What are you going to do? Well, if you want to write in and tell me that this book is crap too, uh, you can head over to jeffreadsbook.com and right there you're going to find some links. You can reach me by email at jba at sdf.org or you can reach me on mastodon at jba at mastodon.sdf.org or if you use Twitter, you can hit me up at Fortran Jeff uh, right there. Um, I'm able to see it again. Something happened on my phone and I couldn't use Twitter anymore for some reason, but it seems okay right now. Twitter, like Facebook, kind of douchebags. I don't like anything, do I? I must sound so surly all the time. Eh, who cares? I hate everything. No big deal. This book especially. Ooh, it's stinker. Ah. 
You know what? I doubt Glenn's going to buy the next book. <laughs> After this disappointment. I mean, this is brutal. But, uh, yeah, I guess that's all we got. I, I do promise that next episode will be better. So, until next time, keep on reading! Keep on reading!